to Dan. <laughs> Good morning. Five hundred forty-two miles, and worth every bit of it. It is so good to be back home in Kentucky, to see your smiling faces, and to experience happiness. Because what we have here at Waterson Trail, many congregations of the Lord's Church only dream about. And I'm not sure you, as members here, recognize the special gift that you have for each other. Joy and happiness in Christ Jesus. I feel it when I walk in the door. I can see it in your face. When Cindy and I moved back to Arkansas, we visited several congregations. It's one of the things I looked for because I'm a happy person. Cindy is a happy person. We, we love joy and happiness. We just love love, don't you? I mean, even Cindy and I will say that to each other when we're, we've experienced happiness and joy in our lives on occasion. I'll look at her and she'll look at me and I'll say, don't you just love love? And then she'll say something like, I certainly love love. And I, I love happiness. And there's no reason for us to be unhappy in our salvation in Jesus Christ. Now I know that the world has a lot of reasons or circumstances that would cause us to look without and maybe look within and be unhappy about things. And when it comes to unhappiness, if there's sin in your life, if you have thought or said or done something that's wrong, shouldn't you be unhappy? I mean, that's what sin does. It makes us unhappy. It's what the choices we make in our thinking and our or our speech, or the behavior that we have at school, or at home, or in the church, or wherever it is, when we misbehave, it brings about in our lives a, an imbalance that would cause us sorrow and uh, the opposite of happiness, which is unhappiness or misery. And then when we, when we come back, when we come to Jesus, when we come back to Jesus Christ, because in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible tells us as Christians, if we confess our sins, if we come clean, if we come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I've messed up. I've made a mess of things. I've said or thought or done things that have not been right, that have brought imbalance in my life. And so I want to I turn that page. Where I am now on this page... I don't want to be on this page anymore. Can I, get, can I get another choice? Can I choose another page? And fortunately, in Christ Jesus, we can turn that page and start again. And so that's the idea that I want to 
for us to think about or consider today is the idea of turning a page in our life. And even if we're enjoying the page we're on, there are times in our lives where God would have us, okay, now I know you're enjoying where you are, but it's time to turn a page. Okay, we've got to grow up. We've got to make some changes. We have to grow some more in our maturity. When you think about turning the page, that's what we're about in 22 days, right? I mean, December 31st, 2018, we're going to do something. About midnight, it's going to be required of all of us to take the calendar page of 2018 and turn it to 2019. Now, now you may say, you know what, I think I'm just going to stay in 2018. Well, I mean, you know, you just can't do that. Even though in your checkbook, if you're like me, it takes me a little while, you know, when you're writing checks, you know, it takes me a little while. We don't do that very much anymore, but... When you do, or, or you're you know, putting a date down, you, uh, you know, it'll be 18, then I'll have to scribble the 8, you know, make a 9 out of the 8. And there'll be a few times where I'll you know, have to think about it, because 18 wants to stay with you. But you know, it's time to turn the page. We say, Happy New Year! 18 is done. 19 is here. And so we ask ourselves, in this new year, we're going to turn that page. We have a whole new year ahead of us. What happened in the past, in 2018, won't matter. What matters is 2019. Because we're on a new page now. We live in a new way now. It's different. And we're thankful that we've lived through to see it. Uh, Corey and Danielle, this, this afternoon at 3.30, they're going to turn a new page, right? They're, they're going to turn the old page of being just fiancés, and they're going to be adopting a new name called husband and wife. And so they'll turn the page over from being single to being married. I mean, we could just go on and on. I mean, our children turn pages all the time. Every birthday, is, is it not true? Every birthday, you know, you turn the page. Oh, you know, Renesmee, is she still two? Three? Okay, I think I went to her birthday. <laughs> so she's three, she'll be four, right? But that birthday party that we have, you know, you, you turn the page. You're now three. You're now four. And we're always turning pages on birthdays. You know, I mean, you're 39, right? And then next year, you're 39. No, <laughs> see, not true. You, we may say that. Uh, one fella said, I am, I'm celebrating the 20th anniversary of my 39th birthday. <laughs> but, you know, as as you know, and sometimes we have these years where it's great and we don't want to turn the page. You know, we wish it would never end. We wish you could stay this way. But we have to turn a page. 
We do that on every birthday. We do that in life. Our children, when they go from, you know, we're in the middle of the year now, but if you're a senior in high school, I mean, you're working down close after the Christmas break. January, February, March, April, May, you turn a big page from being high school to either going to technical school or getting a job or going to college. I mean, there's all sorts of, if you just think about it, every morning when you rise, you turn a page. I mean, we, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow, I mean, tomorrow may never be. Today, we turn the page. This morning when you got up, you turned the page of yesterday and now we're on today. What shall we do? We did yesterday, that's done. What shall we do today? Now there's a lot that I don't know about what will happen on this day. You know, I make my plans, you do. This is what we've planned to do today. We've turned the page. The page is blank. And we start filling in when we live our lives on that page. 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, what are we going to do for lunch? We eat lunch. And then at the end of the day, that page is full of life. It's full of how we've lived. And then when we go to bed at night, we say our bedtime prayers. We present that day to God. We, in the morning when we rise, we turn over another page. That's what we do all of our lives. And although I don't know much about what will happen in the new year, 2019, I know there will be challenges that every one of us will have to face. And you don't have, to, you don't have a choice. You won't have a choice as to whether you want to face them or not. I mean, some people will, the clock alarm will go off and they'll just cover up their heads. You know, like, I don't, I'm not going to do it. Well, yes, you are. <laughs> You're going to do it. And you may lie in bed all day with a head covered up, thinking you're going to escape the day. But even that, you've made a choice to fill your page in with lying in bed with your head covered up. That's a choice, and you can just write, write that in your page. In bed, all day, head covered up. Okay? Not, didn't talk to anybody, didn't answer any questions. But you know, guess what? There comes another page, and it just keeps coming. And although I don't know what challenges I'll have to face or what opportunities will come my way, the challenges, sometimes they're positive, sometimes they're negative, but it's a challenge that if we trust God and with our faith, hope, and love in Him, we can face that challenge knowing He will provide for us what we need. The mentality, the finances, the wherewithal, the physical health. You know, as you know, if you visited us when we lived here, Cindy has a Yamaha grand piano. And the piano, according to the internet, weighs... 964 pounds and somehow or other we moved that piano from the house here to the house where we are now and it is now set up in the living room for her to enjoy and there were times where I sat there just looking at it what in the world am I going to do so we call someone you know uh how much would it cost to move this, just a small piano, 
small piano. You know, no, I did you know, How much would it cost to move a piano from here to here? $1,000. And I'm like, uh, no. Actually, when we got to uh, Arkansas, I paid teenagers $20 a piece. <laughs> they don't know it was going to be a thousand. See, you don't share something. I said, would you help me unload this piano? I'll give you $20 a piece. Four of them said, I'll do it. Not knowing they could have probably got 100 <laughs> But see, you don't say some things. But you, I thought about how am I going to do this? But God provides the, the thought, the idea. If we just think and plan God always provides. Now, I don't know what challenges will come. I don't know what opportunities will be available and God will present to me, that I, but I know He will. So I, what I want to do is point out some things that we do know about turning this new page that we're going to have to turn. I know next Sunday there will be a man standing up here. You have his, uh, uh, his bio out there on the table. He, he and his family will assemble with you and he will experience the joy and happiness that you will share with him. And he'll, he will say, my, my, with his wife. And she will say to him, oh, uh, God, please bring us to Waterson Trail. Please let those elders see through whatever our weaknesses are and our limitations so that they'll offer us that position. I know the preacher that you had here a week or two ago, he and his wife are praying the same thing. And this, young, this younger man or whoever it will be next Sunday, he and his wife will pray the same thing. And I think you have one more at the end of the year. He'll, he, I guarantee you he's saying, please, God, please. So God's going to have his hands full with three fine gospel preachers as to who you need. And we pray to God that he will provide that man for you and his family to help you and help us all move into the next part of our lives. And so you'll be turning that page. Though I don't know what's going to happen, I do know this. Number one, whatever the question is, God has the answer. Jesus said himself in John 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Now this passage can mean a lot of things, but in the context of turning this page, when we turn that page, we can rest assured that the questions that we have that are coming up about who, what, when, where, how, and why, all of those questions can be answered just follow Jesus. Just put Jesus first in your, in your mind and in your life. Just keep doing the next thing. I don't know what number 32 is, but I know what number 2 is, and number 3, and number 4, and number 5. This, if I'm on number 3, I've got to go to number 4 next. I may not know what 32 is, but let's just do the next thing. Whatever Christ puts in front of us, whatever Jesus would have us to do or to be, let's just do that. When you get up in the morning and you've turned the page, a good thing to do would be pray. 
And maybe sometimes the best prayer you could ever pray is, Lord, help me today. Help me to be the man, the woman, the boy or girl that I need to be. Help me to think like you would. Help me to speak with kindness and grace and, and to speak what is right. Help me to do that. You know, if you just do that, just do the next thing, you just take one step. We were getting that piano in from the, from the, the house we bought. It's sort of on a hill, kind of on an incline on the side of a, of a ridge. And you, you drive up, driveway's quite lengthy. You drive up through there and, and there's like 12 steps into the front door. There's no piano going in that front door, okay? In the garage, we have like four steps. We could have probably worked that out, but fortunately, what made the house that much more better is you could just go around this ramp around the back and there's no steps at all. And so you just back the truck up there, put it on a roller, just roll it right around in there. No big deal, right? There's a way, there's always a way. When you go through A, B, and C, we might go to D and E. God will provide the means, the opportunities for you. Whatever the question, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's just do the next thing. I was thinking we were moving that piano like if we just moved an inch at a time, wouldn't you get there eventually? I mean, it'd take you like a year. <laughs> well, I didn't want to be out here a year. But when it comes down to it, just an inch at a time, a frame at a time, a mile at a time, a moment at a time, and you eventually get there. You know the old statement, the longest journey begins with but a single step. You just step out there. And you've begun the journey. We turn the page and it's blank. But we've turned the page. Now let's begin. Number two, whatever problem comes up, Jesus has the solution to the problem. Whatever problem it is, you can solve it in Him. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the Bible tells us, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And we put on that whole armor of God. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29 and 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. You'll find rest in your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. In other words, with a problem, let's go to the man who has the solution. Jesus Christ. God, help me here. Jesus, I'm praying in your name. I got a problem. You got a problem. Jesus can help you find the solution to it. Sometimes we've got to take a step back. Wait. Don't move too quickly. Sometimes we move ahead of God, don't we? How can we see the solution when we're out there 
too far ahead. When the solution's behind us, we've already gone ahead of it. And how can we see the solution when we're so far behind God that He's left us? Not that God would ever leave us, but He's moving on. He's turned the page. And we're still sitting back there with our head covered up, saying, you know what, I just don't want to do it today. And God's like, come on, son. Come on, daughter. It's time to move forward. we got to go. I was going to say a couple of things, and I just now remembered it. Ray Frederick looks a little tired. <laughs> what made me remember, he just got up. He's probably slapping his face. I don't know why that is. Oh, yeah, Trip Frederick. From what I hear, he is uh, making those parents earn their stripes. And I'll guarantee you this lesson will suit him because there's mornings that, no, no, there's nights that never end. I was going to say mornings that never come, but nights that never end. It should be coffee, Ray, instead of water. But Just trying to stay awake. And also, Lee. Lee, I enjoyed your class. Man, you got a great Bible class teacher in Lee Mevelez. But you know, somehow or other, he's taller. And he's like, happier. Oh, one of his oldest son is leaving home. <laughs> no, just kidding, leave it. Turning a page. Whatever the problem, Jesus is the solution. Number three, whatever the pain, whatever the hurt, Jesus is the healer. Didn't Jesus call himself the great, what? Physician. That's a doctor. So whatever is ailing us, and I believe he's talking about spiritual things. Sin is the great disease that attacks us and not only destroys our souls, but sin can destroy even our physical health with stress and worry and grief and regret, the, the, the physical pain that our wrong decisions make, causing that imbalance in our lives, we know it. We know something's not right. We feel it, we, and, but we, we tend to want to protect. And that's so strange that a human being would want to protect what's killing them which was the mistakes that we've made, the errors in judgment, the sins we've committed, instead of just saying, you know, get out of here. I don't want you in my heart anymore. I don't want you in my life. Whether it's regret or unforgiveness or a grudge we're holding or some kind of revenge we're seeking or who said what to us or who did what to us or who I did, I mean, what I did to someone or what I said to someone, we just hold on to those things. What we should do if we have a sickness within us, if something is causing us pain, let's bring that to Jesus Christ. As we turn that page, we can leave that back yonder. Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, in verse 13 beginning, when He went into the synagogue and they gave Him the book of Isaiah to read. And this is as the very beginning of His ministry. And He and he turned over a page to what was happening right now. And then he read this. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom or liberty to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He said, Isaiah, he's reading from Isaiah, and Isaiah has, is prophesying that there would come a time where God would send the Messiah to make everything all right, to heal the hurts and the pains. And he does that by rectifying or healing the hurt and the reason behind it, which was the forgiveness of our sins that are required, that is required, if we're going to have that hurt go away. And Jesus is saying, I've been sent, anointed, appointed for that. And of course, when he sat down, people were astonished and they were silent. And then Jesus looked at them and saw every eye on himself. And then he said, today, this prophecy, this writing is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I am now ready to go to work. I am now on the scene to heal, to set free, to help all who come to me for it. So if there's a hurt, a pain, a sorrow, a grief that we're experiencing, as we turn this page, let's come to Jesus the great physician to receive the healing from Him through His blood and the sacrifice He made for us. Number four, whatever has imprisoned us, whatever we have, and we know it, that has tied us or entangled us up, Jesus is the one who can set us free from it. In John chapter, verse 32, here's where Jesus says, you know, if you, if you love me, if you follow me, if you heed my words, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And what will the truth do for you? A tr the truth shall set you free. You know, I miss you so much. You know, I preach for the Harding Street Church of Christ in Moralton, Arkansas. So we moved from our apartment in Conway to a town called Moralton, which is 17 miles northwest of Conway. Cindy will be driving the 17 miles to, to uh, University of Central Arkansas, where she works. And I'll drive like two miles. I think that's fair. I mean, you know. Well, I'm just kidding about that. You know, we moved over there, and uh, the congregation where we are, we're, I think Sunday we had 147, but we're really about close to 200 if we could get everybody there. And, you know, I'll be preaching, and I'll preach like I just did, and I'll stop, and nobody says a single word. <laughs> and I go, come on! Where are you, Waterson Trail? No, I don't really say that. <laughs> But I did talk to the congregation about how I'm not used to so much quietness. You know, that uh, I don't think they know what to do with me yet. 
and I don't know what to do with them yet, but we're working on it. We'll get together somehow or other. Whatever has imprisoned me, whatever has entangled me in my life, and I know it, whatever's tied me down where I'm not free, Jesus can set me free. I just got to be honest and open and willing. That's H-O-W, how, if you'll remember some sermons I preached on that, H-O-W. Got to be honest and open and willing. When I'm honest, I'm open and willing to Him in my heart and my life. He'll move to set me free from my bondage. Jesus came to do that. Two times in that passage in Luke chapter 4, He said to set the captive free, to set those who are in bondage, give them liberty. Liberty, freedom from an addiction. Whether that be a spiritual addiction or a physical addiction. Living for Jesus Christ, having Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ and the church of Jesus Christ in my heart and my life, when I, when I truly embrace Jesus Christ and His church and His way, I won't need those addictions anymore. Whether it be the pills or the drink or the pictures or whatever it is that's fascinated me physically. I can, I can have Jesus rid my heart, my soul, and my life of that, but I've got to replace that emptiness that those addictions filled with Jesus, with His church, with His way, with His purpose in my life. Jesus came to set me free, even if He has to set me free from myself. And from any circumstance, it could be grief that's really just tied us down and entangled us. We can be set free from that. Remember from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, seeing that we are surrounded with such great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that is before us, or that it has entangled us, that has ensnared us, so that we may run the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. We look to Him for the freedom that we need in this new year. We only have 22 more days. In this new year that's coming, we're, we're going to turn the page and we're going to say to Jesus, I want to be free from the things that have held me from being what you would have me to be. Number five, whatever is weighing you down, Whatever the burden might be that you have to carry, Jesus Christ is the relief of that burden. In John chapter 16 and verse 33, the Bible tells us here that Jesus spoke to the people. And He said, in this world you have tribulation. In this world there's burdens to bear. He said, but don't fret. Don't be afraid. Trust me. Put that burden on me. He said, I have overcome the world. I've done it. You can do in me. Remember from that great invitation where he says, take my yoke upon you. 
Learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there is a burden to bear when you're a Christian. I mean, the world doesn't look kindly on a Christian. And oftentimes at work and at school, we have to defend our Jesus. We have to defend the gospel. And it, it is a light burden to bear. But that burden is so much easier than the burdens of sin and trying to live and carry the past with us when we can just let Jesus have it. Number six, whatever we need, Jesus can supply it. I was going to say, he's Walmart of... No. <laughs> Jesus, the Walmart of the world. I mean, you can find anything at Walmart. Matter of fact, people ask me occasionally, you moved to where? Arkansas. You moved... Somebody actually moved to Arkansas? I remember the first time we moved there, we went to the, the uh, DMV. They call it the revenue office there. The, we call it the Department of Motor Vehicles, but they call it Revenue Office. So we go to the Revenue Office, Cindy and I, we're going to get our driver's license changed. And, and so we walked up to the desk, and, you know, now this is a country town, about 6,800 6, is all. Country town. Nobody in there. I mean, I was surprised. You know, usually I have to take a number, right? We just walked in, walked right up to the desk, and they said, well, I said, we've recently moved to... Moralton, Arkansas, and the two ladies looked at each other and said, let me get this straight. You moved to Moralton, Arkansas? And I'm like, looked at Cindy, I was like, did we make a mistake? I mean, they were surprised that somebody actually moved to their town. Now, I don't know what my point was there. <laughs> but one thing's for sure... Whatever the need, Jesus can supply that need. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For whoever asks receives. To him who seeks, they'll find. To him who knocks, it'll be opened. And he even describes it. He says, you know... Look at your own selves. I mean, which of you having a son and the son comes to your door and needs a loaf of bread, are you going to give him a stone? If he asks for, uh, I always think a piece of fried chicken. Uh, if he asks for meat, are you going to give him a snake, something that will, will hurt him? Well, of course not. He said, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit, depending on the gospel, or give you the things that you need from the, His storehouse? Is God poor? Is God rich? God, God owns everything. And if our Father, your Father and mine, wants to give us something, He can. And, and the problem is not with God... The problem, if, and if the problem is not with God and I lack it, then where could the problem possibly be? Well, with me. 
Something's wrong that stands between me and God. What could that be? Well, whatever it is, Jesus can supply for my need. And finally, whatever the sin in your life or mine, Jesus is the forgiver. When can Jesus forgive? What was the word in the auditorium class for the past two weeks? Immediately. When can Jesus forgive? Right now. Why do we want to hold, up, hold on to something that's hurting us when we could let it go right now? Why, why do we want to stay on that page that's so painful when we could just say, you know what, God, I want to get off this page. And our God in His Son, Jesus Christ, can say, well, you want off the page? I can make that happen. How about let's just turn in it right now? In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17, that passage is so beautiful because Jesus is... Well, the writer to the Hebrews is telling us about a time where we can come to Jesus and our sins and our iniquities, He will remember no more. So that page that we just, it's just full of stuff that we're ashamed of, we can just turn the page. And we got a new page. All white and clean, pure, with nothing on it. And we can start over. We can literally be born again. If you're not a Christian, you can be born again today. You can confess Jesus, repent of your sins, and, and believe in Him. You can be buried in the waters of baptism. We have a tub of water right back here, ready to go. You can come up out of that water and start all over. Wow! You could do that. If as a Christian you've not lived the way you should, you can just start over. And the only way you can do that is that in Jesus He make that possible.